This may sound very strange, but I, I, I'm not sure what to say at the moment. <laughs> you know, um, what, I, what I really don't want this morning to be is an academic exercise. We're, we're dealing with a spirit-empowered church. And the last thing that I would, I would want is um, for us just to say, oh, well, that was interesting. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not even sure that there's anything in me personally to give, but let's just go for the word and, and see. So, we're looking at this series of, of Christ Church, Christ Values, and our theme today is Spirit Empowered, one of the values that we believe we, we have, should have, and will go forward with. At a conference in Malaga, I first saw these words and saw them again in Nietzsche in Serbia. We believe that all the gifts of the Spirit are available and desirable for building the local church and extending the kingdom of God. We believe every believer should be filled with the Spirit as part of God's desire to empower us for Christian life and witness. Actually, I would reverse those. And it's the second bit that we're really dealing with this morning about being filled with the Spirit. That's what we're dealing with. We're going to look at, at Jesus. Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians that as we look at Jesus, as we fix our attention on Jesus, we become like him. We receive something of his glory. And I believe that's true, not just for us as individuals, but it's true for us as church. As Jesus is our focus, so we become more like him. So we're going to read about Jesus, and we're going to look at Jesus, and a particular aspect about Jesus, Jesus and the Spirit. So it's a selection uh, from Luke, and I'm going to be more or less, not totally exclusively, but more or less talking about Jesus from what Luke says. Whoa, shouldn't have done that, go back. When all the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too, and he was praying. Heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Jesus is baptised. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. And then you can read about the temptations. And then Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. 
he went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the, ca- the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the, tent- the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. A lot of what we are going to say turns around the baptism of Jesus. As Jesus went to John, John the baptizer, who was baptizing people in the Jordan, And he was baptised by him. So a lot of what we're going to say today revolves around the baptism of Jesus and what followed that. But let me say again, I really don't want this to be theory. Let's look at Jesus. Let's look at Jesus and see how we respond to that. So Jesus and the Spirit. Yeah, he was born through the Spirit. Those who've got a theological turn of mind, this is not an exact theological statement. (laughs) Let me say this. I didn't quite know how to express this, but the Holy Spirit was actually involved in the birth of Jesus. Angel Gabriel came to Mary, and once Mary had composed herself, I I guess, um, the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Why? Because she was going to give birth to a son. Fantastic that Mary was chosen by God to receive the work of the Holy Spirit in that way. What a wonderful person she must have been. And Gabriel said to her, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. So the one to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. So however that works out, and I don't know that any of us anywhere all down the ages have actually ever totally understood that, the Holy Spirit was involved in the birth of Jesus. Let's just leave it at that. His birth had the mark of the Spirit upon it. And then, of course, we get to his baptism. Jesus comes to John, and John says, I I shouldn't baptise you, you should baptise me, in that sense. 
Jesus says, no, it's the right thing to do. And so he was baptized in the Jordan, so identifying himself with the people with us. And when he came out of the water, what does Luke say? It says the Holy Spirit came upon him in bodily form, like a dove. Again, it's hard to, I guess, to totally work out what was happening there. You see biblical pictures, don't you, of Jesus and the dove coming. And I guess that he, John, maybe others saw that. But the Spirit was coming upon Jesus. You know, he never did a single miracle. None of his teaching is recorded, of course, until he had received the Spirit. Yes, there are, there are stories around that. There, there are old, old stories of Jesus as a child making clay animals and then sort of they come to life. Silly stories which make Jesus far less than, far less than human than he is. But no, Jesus needed the Spirit to come upon him so that he could exercise his ministry. But you say he was the Son of God. Didn't he do it as God? What does the Bible say? He did not count, the Son did not count equality with God, something to be held on to, but emptied himself. I'm not going to say that I understand that totally myself. But he exercised his ministry as a man the perfect man in the power of the Spirit. Look at Jesus. That's what he did. So, having received the Spirit, what does Luke say? He went up full of the Spirit. I don't know what that, again, I don't know what that meant for Jesus. At that point, as the Spirit had come upon him, he then went away from that occasion full of the Spirit. So we have Jesus. His birth involved the Spirit. The Spirit came upon him. He went away full of the Spirit, led by the Spirit. So it wasn't his idea. So what was he led to do? Is this when Jesus started his ministry? Is this when he started performing miracles? Is this when his teaching began? No, he was led by the Spirit. Where? Into the wilderness. And there he was tempted by the devil. I wish we made clear to people who are baptised that sometimes what happens afterwards is not that everything is swinging and dancing and lovely and you're, you're hanging sort of from the chandeliers, but that actually can be very tough. That's reality. It happened to Jesus. So he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested, tempted by the devil for 40 days. 
And we know that Jesus overcame. He overcame by using the word of God. He overcame by using the sword of the spirit, if you like. And when he returned, what does Luke say? When he he'd finished that time and he came back, Luke says he came in the power of the Spirit. So he's received the Spirit, full of the Spirit, led by the Spirit, comes back in the power of the Spirit. Maybe we ought to say to people, you get baptised, etc., it gets difficult. What, what will be the result? You will know more of the power of the Spirit. He came in the power of the Spirit. He went to Nazareth and on the Sabbath went into the synagogue. That was his custom. That was what he was used to doing. And they knew then that, that he was following his custom and it was his turn to read from the Scriptures. So they handed him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he stood up to read and he said... The Spirit of the, of the Lord is upon me. This is what he was re reading me because he has anointed me. Quoting from Isaiah, Jesus knew that God had anointed him. But that's what Messiah is, isn't it? That's what the word Messiah or Christ means. The anointed one. No wonder he said, it's been fulfilled, this is being fulfilled today in your hearing. What a claim. This is Jesus. Receives the Spirit, full of the Spirit, led by the Spirit, now operating in the power of the Spirit, knowing that he's anointed by the Spirit. This is Jesus. We go a little bit further on into his ministry. Sometime later, he sends out 72 people. They come back and they say, oh, even the demons are subject to us. Wow, what a time we've had. It's been great. And he said, well, I actually saw Satan fall from heaven. But he says, don't rejoice in that really. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And then Luke says, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, thank you, Father, that you've revealed these things to ordinary people. He rejoiced in the spirit. Wow. Wow. Ain't wrong to rejoice in the spirit, you know, because Jesus did it. I don't know, again, I don't know how that looked, but it was obviously noticeable. Thank you, Father, this is wonderful. Rejoicing in the spirit. And after his death, which we've celebrated, and after his resurrection, he said to his followers, stay in Jerusalem because you're going to be clothed with power. That's an image, isn't it? Power's going to come upon you. 
And then another time he said, you stay. John baptized with water. But in not too many days, you're going to be baptized in Holy Spirit. You're going to receive power when the Spirit comes upon you. And that happened on the day of Pentecost. And the the crowd said, what's going on here? Are these people drunk? Don't think that can ever be said about us, actually. Perhaps more's the pity. What is it? What's going on here? What's all this strange language? What's going on? Peter explains. And as part of his explanation, he says, Jesus... The one that you crucified, now exalted to God. Jesus has received from the Father and has poured out what you now see in here. So he fulfilled his promise. Stay in Jerusalem. The spirit that I've received, the spirit that's behind my ministry the spirit that has empowered me you will receive and Peter says here it is let's look at Jesus you want to know about the ministry of the spirit let's look at Jesus what about Jesus people the early church what about Jesus people and the spirit we're covering similar ground outside Luke but Jesus says to Nicodemus as John John says Nicodemus unless you're born again you can't enter the kingdom of God unless you're born again you can't even see it To be part of Jesus' people, you have to be born again. Who does that? It's the Spirit. To be part of Jesus' people, the Spirit needs to work in a life to make that person new. Born again. And then what happened to the people of God? Jesus said, wait, they were baptised in the Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, as they were waiting for Jesus' promise to be fulfilled, the Spirit came. Like a big, tongue of fire that separated not little ones but a big one that separated and rested on each of them and they started praising God in other languages Peter explaining what is going on he says this fulfills what the prophet Joel has said 
I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy and your old men will dream dreams. I'm still having visions, by the way. And your young men will see visions. (laughs) If you are dreaming dreams, don't panic. It's part of Hebrew putting the same thing in two ways. What does it mean? With the Holy Spirit comes his gifts. The prophetic, the visionary, the looking forward, the supernatural. That's what the Spirit does. And so Peter says, as we've already said, what Jesus promised, what what has been promised, this is what is happening now. This is the power that we've received. Oh. And then what do we see? That all the believers were together. And they had everything in common. That means they shared everything. Their life lives were, were intimately bound up with each other. As they de- devoted themselves to the, the apostles' teaching to fellowship, sharing together, to breaking of bread and to prayer. How did that happen? The Spirit brought that, of course. True unity is only found when the Holy Spirit is deeply at work. And they witnessed in the power of the Spirit. This is Peter and John, of course. They meet the man at the, at the gate that was called Beautiful the, to the temple. A man who'd been crippled and he'd been taken there every day by his friends and he was begging for money. And he, he looked up at Peter and John, expecting them to give money. Listen to what Peter says. I'll pray for you. No. God will heal you. No. Listen to what he says. I don't have money, but what I have, what I have, I will give to you. He knew he had the power and the authority of the Spirit. I believe at that point God says to Peter, I will heal him. He got the gifts of the Spirit in operation there. Word of knowledge, wisdom, healing, the gift of faith. What I have, I'll give to you. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, I have never ever said that to anyone in my life. Not, not, in, that, not in that way. Oh, I have money, I'll give you some money. But spiritual power? Mm-mm. In the name of Jesus Christ, walk.
course that caused a rumpus didn't it and the authorities took them in and questioned them Peter and John that is and eventually after threatening them they released them and they went back to the believers and what did they do they prayed and their prayer was such that the Holy Spirit came upon them and the place was shaken good grief we get worried if we're shaken let alone the building around us so what about us folks what about us it begins with the personal and it begins in the same way God loved you so much that he gave his only son that if you believe in him you'll not perish but you'll have eternal life John 3.16 you've got to be born again or as Peter said on the day of Pentecost repent, turn around turn away from your own life and turn to Jesus who's doing all this amazing stuff because when you turn around and when you really trust him guess what, you're born again we do the turning God does the miracle of being born again then what? baptised as a believer in water this is of course repent says Peter and be baptised does baptism save you? no it doesn't is baptism therefore in that sense necessary? Hmm. should you be baptised? yeah if Jesus was baptised how come you're not? Jesus didn't have to be but he was oh, do you know I'm absolutely 101% sold on baptism I think it is the most amazing thing wonderful we can break bread weekly, daily, whatever but there's just one baptism and it's for you to glorify Jesus and then baptised in the spirit repent, be baptised every one of you for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit did Peter mean anything different to what he'd had? no of course he didn't what we've got you'll have if you turn to Jesus and get baptised being filled with the Spirit being baptised with the Spirit is the completion of Christian baptism they belong together that's why when Paul went to Ephesus and found some people who, were, who weren't manifesting the, the supernatural power of the Spirit he said what was your baptism like? and they said well it was only John's
Believing and being baptised means being immersed in water and then receiving the fullness of what God can give you. Let's not get hung up theologically on this. Let's get into the reality of it. To be filled with the Spirit. And then committed to the church. Because that's what it's all about, being together. It begins with the individual but it places us into the body, into, into the people, into the church. Really and truly, a person who claims to be Christian without commitment to a church, the church, the body of Christ, is leading far less a like Christian life than they ought to. So it goes on together. And together, as in, the, as in the early church, so with us, united by the Spirit in love. Golly gosh, we look at each other. Well, you're looking at me, those of you not asleep. <laughs> Fancy God putting me with you. And you might say, hmm, fancy God putting him with us. That could only happen, couldn't it? By the Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? I think, I think this local body of people are amazing. Because God has put us together. I wouldn't have done it this way, and neither would you, be honest. But God has chosen to do it. He's put us together by the Spirit. And isn't it amazing? Because he's done that, we actually love each other. We actually like one another. I think we do. Thank you, Margaret, we do. <laughs> we actually do. Why? What's that? Why has that happened? Even with all our faults and failings and all the rest of it, because God has put us together by the Spirit. That's a superb miracle in the general sense. And then he calls us to witness in the power of the Spirit. Same references, Peter and John, the lame man, etc. My goodness. I haven't got much money, but what I have, I give you. I have found that really challenging. Really, I know there's the old story of the Pope going along. The church can no longer say silver and gold. Uh, no one can say that because we, we, we've got the silver and gold. But we can't say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. I know there's that story. But actually, isn't that true? Really? Finally, God calls us to pray together in the Spirit. I thought we had a really, really encouraging, great time on Wednesday evening. We need more of it, folks. And 
for various reasons, some of you were not able to be with us. Of course. But God's doing great things amongst us. But there's more. There's more. Jesus received the Spirit, full of the Spirit, led by the Spirit, came in the power of the Spirit, knowing his anointing, gifting in the Spirit, promised the Spirit, poured out the Spirit. And that's available to us. And I can't stand here and say, I have it. Not really. But I know on the basis and the authority of the word of God, Jesus wants us to know the power of the Spirit. And I ask myself this question. And the answer is, I have to say, for me, when I became a Christian, nobody told me about the, the, the Spirit in this way, and I caught up a few years later. But now... Am I still living in the good of that? Am I really living in the good of what God has done? Am I fulfilling the biblical injunction, the biblical encouragement to go on being, being filled with the Spirit? I ask myself that. And I hope you're not offended when I ask you that as well. Are you going on being filled with the Spirit? And let's ask ourselves together as a local church, a little manifestation of the body of Christ. Are we going on being, being filled with the Spirit? Are we really? Or do we mistake reasonably modern tunes and worship, getting together for great times? Do we mistake all the trappings of our church life together as being really filled? Really. Because what would happen, what really would happen if we said, God, fill us, us, and he took us at our word? What would happen? Probably at least an earthquake. What shall we do, folks? I don't know what we've got, Paul, as a song. But, but 
if the van would like to come up. I think we should just open ourselves to God. I, yeah.